On this week's episode, we have Johan Nigera. It's literally in business, you are one deal away from changing your entire life. I will stress that again. You are one deal away from changing the, your entire life. Welcome to Real Life Real Equity Podcast with your hosts, Justin and Keisha Brooks. Hey, welcome to the show. Our goal is to share with you real-life examples of entrepreneurs who are winning in both life and business. As real estate investors, our mission is to model, educate, and inspire you to act by sharing ease to implement tools, ideas, and information to add more worth to your net worth, more cash to your cash flow, helping you achieve your goals in less time. Welcome to the show. All right, all right. Welcome back, everybody, to Real Life Real Equity Podcast with your host, Justin and Keisha Brooks. We are super excited about our guest today, all the way from down under. Welcome to the podcast, Johan Nagira. Thank you for having me. It's interesting. We met through Tristan, who was a previous guest on our show. Tristan had an amazing story, and when we talked on the phone shortly thereafter, I got to learn a little bit more about your story, and as I learned about your story, I said, oh, man, this guy is just the type of person that needs to be on Real Life Real Equity, so let's start from there. Where are you from? Obviously, you're from Australia, because I kind of let the cat out of the bag on that one. <laughs> Talk about like your background. What got you into entrepreneurship? Where are you from? What's your background? Yeah, man, for sure. So... My parents always wanted me to be a doctor. So here I was in university doing my doctorate and in climate change and secondary biofuels. And soon I learned, well, it was a year into my scholarship. Now in Australia, I don't know how it works over there. But in Australia, you paid a scholarship and I was on a scholarship of 20 grand a year. I'd just left a $60,000 job to go do this PhD. And... You know, I'm, I'm there doing the scholarship and a year into it, my supervisor comes up to me. It's a Friday night. It's 11 o'clock at night. I've been working since six in the morning. And he comes up to me. He goes, Johan, you're amazing at what you do. In 10 years, you're going to be at my level. Now, this guy has traveled the world, speaks, you know, keynote speaks, writes books, all this stuff. I was like, man, that's exactly what I want to do. 10 years, hell yeah, let's do it. And then I made the mistake of asking him, how much money do you make? And he goes... I make $80,000 a year. I went, oh man, are you serious? Like, that's all? Wow. <laughs> and it was definitely not enough to sustain the lifestyle that I had envisioned for myself to have. And so my mind, like, I could not sleep that night. I couldn't sleep that week. I was like, shit, I got to do something. <laughs> I got to do something else. And I, this is now 2004. And I go to Google and I type in make money online. Like I'm sure many people, you know, used to do back then. Yep. And I quickly found eBay. And I built this little eBay business. And the eBay business made more money than he did in six months. And wow. I soon learned the power of leverage and systems. So I had this eBay business working and it took me four hours a week to run this eBay business. Wow. And I was making more money than most people in that town, right? So that's how it all started. And then I built six of those. So wow. six businesses up and running and it was all leveraged. eBay was the, the, the platform that I was using. And soon I had a lot of time on my hands because, well, a lot of these, what is a business? A business should be running without you. Right, yeah? right. 
And uh, that's that's the definition of a real business. A lot of people I meet, they, they say they're in business, but hey, without them being in the business, the business doesn't run. So they're actually self-employed. We all know Robert Kiyosaki's quadrant, right. you know, Tesla quadrant, ESBI. So I, was, I wanted to be in the B quadrant. Anyway, so I've got these businesses running. They run to this day. My mother runs it. That's her retirement fund, right? Wow. So I handed them over to her. And I haven't touched those things in 10 years. But they still, wow. to this day, create income. Pretty cool. We're going to circle back to that because I would love to get our audience more information on just how you created a sustainable business. I mean, most people work their entire life to create a sustainable business. You created one. Not only did you create it in six months, you created another, you said six, right? Correct. You created another six businesses that lasted from then all the way to now. <laughs> 2004 to now, 16 years. Correct. Correct. Wow. Let's go back a minute because, you know, I think there is some history that could be gleaned from your background. And obviously, you know, there is no such thing as a predicator of what makes a great entrepreneur or, you know, certain backgrounds make you a better chance to be an entrepreneur. It's something inside of you. It's that burning desire, that passion. Talk to me a little bit about your childhood. What, what was an influence that maybe uh, contributed to your thought process that you have now? Yeah, man, for sure. So, when I was, when we were growing up, so we moved to Australia in 1991. Now, in Australia, 1991 was the great recession that we had to have. That's how it was described. My family, so my father, you know, he, he we were, we come from India, by the way. Okay. So um, when we came here, like we had a pretty good lifestyle over there. We came to Australia and my dad couldn't get a job for a year. Now, he used to be a head engineer on the ships and wow. on the oil, oil tankers, right? He came here, he couldn't get a job for a year, and then he had to get a job as a cleaner, cleaning toilets. Now, for a man of his accomplishments, you know, to have an amazing life, we had, you know, a lot of servants, etc. back there, and then to come here, and they came here with $1,000 in their pocket, that was it, and they used 900 of that to buy a fridge. Wow. <laughs> so, um, you know, immigrant family, poor as hell, tiny little house, you know, we all slept in one room, that sort of thing. And to go from that and then watch my dad become a cleaner and his ego, you know, I cannot even imagine. He, he had to do what he had to do to put food on the table, yeah? Yeah. Um, so he would, go, he, would go to the, he would go to his job, but then he'd come back at night and he'd start studying. So from, you know, 6 o'clock until nine ten o'clock at night, he'd be at the table studying. And so me and my brother, we'd sit down with him. There was no conversation. We just knew that he was studying. So we would study as well. So that work ethic sort of comes from there. And then realizing that, hey, at any point in time, anything can be taken away from you. But the only thing that nobody can ever take away from you is your mind. Because you can use your mind to create absolutely anything. So that's sort of the, the, the stuff that put, you know, that's ingrained in us. And one of the things my father said to me is, hey, I got you to here but it's up to you to multiply this, multiply my sacrifice by a hundred, a thousand times. There's nothing you cannot do. And, you know, if as I continue with my story, you'll realize that, shit, I, I'm a bumblebee. Like, you know, you, do you know what a bumblebee is, by the way? Yeah, um, you're talking about like the, the bee, actual insect. 
hell yeah. So yeah. a bumblebee, via science, it shouldn't be able to fly. Except it doesn't know that it shouldn't be able to fly because its body is way too big for its wings. It's got tiny little wings. And so it just flies anyway, right? And so as a, I own, I currently own six companies. We employ 92 people. You know, I have a software company that dominates the entire real estate market in Australia. I have never written a piece of code in my life. <laughs> but anyway, I'll, we'll, we'll get into those stories shortly. I want to bring up the fact that it was you seeing your dad's work ethic that kind of springboarded you to where you are today, because obviously you have a work ethic that got you to where you can work four hours a week, where you have six companies, where you have nine, 92, 92 employees. That is a phenomenal accomplishment. Thanks, man. Talk to us a little bit about, you know, you were in school. Did you drop out of school? I mean, what did you do before the business while you were in graduate school or how did that work? Well, one, one month before handing in my PhD. Now this is 10, it took 10 years of work. I oh quit. My gosh. <laughs> wow. And for, for my family, they're like, are you serious? Like you're one month left. I'm like, no, nah, I can't do it. I've got a mental, you know, there's no way in hell anybody's ever going to read my thesis. You know, there's three people that would. <laughs> I, go, I, go, I go, in that one month, do you know how many lives I could change? Do you know how much value I could add? And by that time, my business was flying anyway. So I didn't really need to finish it. But so after, so when I decided to, to stop that, I got into affiliate marketing. I, do you know what affiliate marketing is? Yep, affiliate marketing, I do. But, but break it down oh, for so our audience. I mean, it's always good to, to, to explain. Perfect. So affiliate marketing, um, it's where you sell other people's products and you get a healthy commission when a sale is made. So what, essentially what it meant was I became a media buyer. So I used to go all over the internet and profile people and put the right ads in front of them. Now this is, we're talking 2006. So this is before we had beautiful tools like Facebook and you know all these amazingly targeted marketing tools. This is sort of guesswork of, hey, I think that, uh, you know, I should put these ads over here. We didn't have all the targeting that we had. So anyway, so I got into affiliate marketing, used to spend my own money in order to make a sale, right? So yeah. it's, it, you've got to be really good with your numbers and your targeting. So from that, two years after that, 2008, CPA marketing evolved, which is cost per acquisition. So we were doing, so now you're getting paid not only on every uh, sale, you're getting paid on every lead that is generated. So we were generating leads, mortgage leads, you know, credit card leads, any leads for the banks. So we've got four big banks over here. So we, so if you went to Google and typed in Commonwealth Bank credit card application, boom, my ad would be at the top. It would cost me $6 anytime somebody clicked on that ad. But as soon as I filled out that form, I'd get paid $200. Oh, wow. So that's what CPA is. And now, um, just for that one search term, Commonwealth Bank credit card application, there'd be 1,800 searches. And I would dominate that market. So again, it shows you the thinking that goes behind it because once it's set up, it just continues to pay you month in, month out. That's one keyword. Wow. And so you just build in as many keywords as you want. And that's how you do Google Ads, right? So the more uh, different offers you have out there, Google is a platform which is making you money. So leveraging all of these systems and platforms to make you money passively is what I love. What, so kind of break that down even further. You, you mentioned the CPA cost per acquisition. You mentioned um, some other terms. What, what, 
talk to me about some of the steps it took because you didn't have any experience in any of this stuff. You never wrote code. How does one go from a doctorate program? And again, I'm going to reiterate this because there are thousands upon thousands of business owners out there who have spent their entire life trying to break even. And you in six months created a business that lasted for 16 years. So there's, I want to dig a little deeper on the how of what you did. I love the how. Cool. Let's, so I'll talk to you about the CPA. So cost per acquisition, there's three people involved. One is the vendor, so the person who needs the leads. Two is a CPA network. So they're a network that promotes these offers. Three, there's an army of affiliates. So people like me who log on to these CPA networks and go, ooh, what offers can I promote today? And literally, that's, that's what it is. But just to preface this, this is not a real business because if I stopped working, there'd be no money. Mm-hmm. But so this is fun money. This is just for the hell of it, just because you can't money, right? Yeah. So now this in this example that I gave you about the banks, the bank would tell these guys, hey, for every lead that fills out this application, this credit card application, we will pay you one th- uh, not one time, three hundred dollars. Then these guys would come to me and go, Hey, Johan, would you like to promote this offer for us? For every lead you generate, we'll pay you $200. I go and do my due diligence and go, hey, wow, for, every, for me to generate you know, those keywords, it's going to cost me $6 by Google? Hell yeah, let's do this. So out of, out of 10 people who click on my ad, they've typed in Commonwealth Bank credit card application. What, what are they looking for? They're looking for the Commonwealth Bank credit card application. It's a pretty good chance that they are going to fill that out right? Yeah. So when they fill it out, by the way, my conversion rate was way better than 10%, but I'm just saying 10% for the sake of it. If they type in those keywords, they clicked on my ad, my ad would be at the top. They fill that out. As soon as they fill it out, boom, I got 200 bucks in my account. It cost me $6. And so your, your startup cost were essentially whatever it costs you to get started. Talk, talk a little bit about that. What does it take to get started in something like this? Yeah, for sure. So I'll go back a little bit to my eBay days, just so you get more context. Um, I got engaged to a girl. Now, back then, I told you I was making 20 grand a year. And society had told me that I had to spend half my income on an engagement ring. Now, this is is dumb, stupid Johan days, right? Where I listened to society. (laughs) So I've gone, okay, cool. I got to buy this diamond ring for 10 grand. And so I I'd go to the jeweler, I'd buy this ring. By the way, I didn't even think about, you know, living costs or anything like that. I just went, hey, I make 20 grand a year. I'm going to go buy a 10 grand ring. Whatever. So I buy this ring and I put it on a three-month payment plan and I just finished paying this thing off. And then I see this ad online and it says, diamond rings, you know, you get it discounted. And the exact same, nearly exact same diamond ring that I had just bought was for $2,000. Oh my gosh. I've gone, holy shit, like what? I'm like, no, this is good. This is fake. So I go, all right, I'm going to buy it. I buy it with my credit card. And I go back to the jeweler who just sold me the $10,000 ring. And I go to him, hey, man, what do you think of this ring? He goes, oh, I'll give you five grand for that ring. I went, oh, well, that's the easiest three grand I ever made. Sure. (laughs) Sure, man, let's do it. And then I went back online and back to this website and I bought more jewelry. And then I'd go back to this guy and go, hey, which pieces of jewelry do you want? And he goes, I'll have this, 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 this. I went, that's sweet. I go, cool. What do I do with all the stuff that he doesn't want? I went, uh, eBay. And so I put it on eBay. And then I realized that I was making more money selling this stuff on eBay than I was selling it to him. 
So now I had a system because all I did was buy this stuff from one website at 90% off and put it on eBay at 50% off. I made a 40% margin. Before I knew it, I was walking around with a duffel bag with $200,000 worth of diamonds. And people thought I was a drug dealer. Because this bag, <laughs> this bag would never leave my sight, right? And I was so paranoid. I was like, where the hell do I store this? I can't store it. And this is, I was a student. So I was living in a house with two other people. And, you know, they've got friends over and blah, blah, blah. I did mm -hmm. not trust my bag of diamonds to be at home. Right. So this thing never left my side. So that's why I say everybody thought I was a drug dealer. I'd go to the, you know, to the local restaurant. I'd be like, everybody, dinner's on me. I'm shouting all you motherfuckers. <laughs> and so people, in, and it's a small town where I, where I was doing this thing. There was 14,000 people. So, you know. Um, yeah, so that's that's so you asked me what I started with. I started with a credit card and I spent two grand and I made three grand on my first deal. And that's that's the tipping that's that was the one of the tipping points in my life. Wow. That is that is an amazing story. That's uh is really interesting also. So I'm gonna kinda segue if you are not on the newsletter, realliferequity.com forward slash newsletter. We're talking to Johan Nagera, and he is giving us just a wealth of information. If you want to learn more about him, about his business, definitely check us out. Again, realliferequity.com forward slash newsletter. Johan, you have a Facebook group that talks about this, and I would, would normally wait till the end, but I think it's rele relevant right now to talk about your Facebook group, because in your Facebook group, you not only talk about the things that you do well, but you bring together a high number of achievers who are also doing other things well. So tell us a little bit about the Facebook group. So while people are listening, if they're not driving, they can go on there and check out what you're doing. Yeah, man. So one of the things that happened, so I built after the CPA, I built a digital agency. The digital agency runs to this day. It's now 10 years old. Yay, 10 wow. years old. So that's the business that sustains these 92 people, right? From there, um, I got into software and well, Quick little story. I'll tell you about the Facebook group. This all links up. It has to link up so that the Facebook group makes sense. Right. I was living in this building in Melbourne, and it's the best building in Melbourne. You know, when I moved in, they're like, this is the best building, the most high-tech building, etc." cetera. I went, sweet. Except I move in, and I keep getting this piece of paper under my door. Now, this piece of paper under my door, twice a day, tells me, hey, the carpets are getting cleaned. Hey, the, you know, the, the whatever, the, the windows are getting washed. I'm like, wow, okay, something's broken. A month later, I've got an inch thick of paper sitting on my table going with all just these five or six letters on there. I'm like, wow, that, what a waste of paper, right? So I go up to the building manager. I'm like, hey, man, you know, something's broken. Can I build an app for this building? That way you can just send out one push notification and everybody would know exactly what's happening. You don't have to do this paper stuff. He goes, I don't know what that means, but you sound like a software guy. Can you build me a building management system? So I'm like, yeah, hell yeah, I can do anything. And I've got a team of 92 that back me, right? Anything I can imagine these guys can create. They are brilliant. So we go to Dubai, look at their systems, come back, and reverse engineer one of the best building management systems there is. I presented to him. Now, this is a six-month timeline. Presented to him. He goes, wow, this is freaking amazing. Let's show the owner's corporation. So we show it to the owner's corporation. They go, we love this. Let's do it. And as I'm walking out, he's like, oh, tell them about your app idea. I tell them about the app idea. They go, man, we love that too. So we'll have that. I'm like, all right, sweet. As I'm walking out, he comes chasing me. He's like, dude, how much money did you just make? I'm like, 
I did all right. He's like, let's become business partners and launch this to all the buildings I control. So he's got 30 buildings. I go, sweet, let's do it. So now two years later, we've launched it into all these buildings. And he goes, I'm retiring. I'm like, you're retiring? I'm like, dude, we're not even at 1% of the freaking market yet. He's like, yeah, man, I, you know, we've made a fuck ton of money. I'm going to retire. And he's bought his house. He's got his own river. He's fly fishing every day. He's all good. And I'm like, all right, damn, now I'm going to get another business partner. So I buy him out of the business and he retires. I meet these guys who go, Johan, we've been trying to copy your technology for the last two years. We can't do it. What's it going to take to, to partner with you or to buy you out? I go, well, I'm happy to partner. Let's have a conversation. I go to meet these dudes. And they have a conversation with me that where they go, we want to take this technology company to a hundred million dollars. What? Like, wow. uh, I, I could not even picture what a hundred million dollars looks like in my bank account. I was like, damn, there's way too many zeros. But then my brain went, dude, you're running a million dollar business. And how many fucking, how many freaking problems do you have right now? Yeah. Imagine what imagine what a hundred million dollar business is gonna be like. It's gonna be a lot of problems. I'm like, you know what? Let's go, let's do it. So in four years we achieved a twenty million dollar revenue. And so that was that was an incredible ride. I wanna and that <laughs> I, I wanna I wanna say something real quick because you just said something that I can't let go. You said you run a million dollar business, how many problems do you have right now? And I thought you were gonna say and I, there's no way I can imagine running a $100 million business because there's going to be so many problems. On the contrary, and I'm sure a lot of audience members thought this too, but on the contrary, you said, oh, let's go do it. So that is a different level of mindset that you have. You know, I have million-dollar problems, and then I got $100 million problems. I'm excited about the $100 million problems. I'm excited about my million-dollar problems. I'm excited about whatever problems I have because I can do whatever I want. Hell yeah. Exactly. <laughs> That's what's up. Okay, go ahead. Finish. And man, in life, we, we're never going to not have problems, but the problems just get bigger. That's right. Uh, I'm just going to segue a little bit just for one second. Last night, I had a friend over at dinner, and he's like, man, I've got to spend this $120 million of those. I'm going to be taxed. He goes, where the hell do I spend $120 million? Like, that's a problem that he has, because otherwise, he's gonna, the government's going to take half his money, right? Anyway. More pro more money, more problems. Oh, good. Let's move back to what I was talking about. Huh. Um, um, so yeah, so built this company, um, and and now I'm purely an investor in the company. I've hired another company to do my entire role in there. So now I'm in the passive investor. The whole aim of this game, the game that we, the game of life that we're playing, is to get to that I quadrant. When That's you're right. in the I quadrant, you can literally do anything. So being the investor is winning the game. And when you get to the investor level, guess what? You start off once again right at bottom zero because every person that I meet, they're like, yeah, man, I made 300, whatever. The numbers are just astounding. They blew. If I told the stories about who I meet like today to Johan of three years ago, Johan of five years ago, he wouldn't have believed it. I wouldn't wow. believe the numbers that we discuss on a daily basis. And like the example I gave you of my friend who came over to dinner, I never had these levels of conversation before because the entire, you know, the people who you surround yourself with changes as you right. evolve as a human being. Um, anyway, so while we were enjoying this amazing ride of success, I had two friends that committed suicide. Hmm. And they're in, they're in business, they have cash flow issues, they had insurance issues, all of this stuff. Now, at the funeral, there was, you know, one guy had 500 people there, another guy had 300 people there. These people did not need to 
do that. That is the worst decision that they could ever make. But they couldn't see a way out. Being in business is lonely. It's lonely as hell. And most of the times you think that the problems you're going through is you are going through them. But there's so many other, nearly every business owner goes through the same things. And it's a lonely journey. So we, from there, I went, man, you know, if only I had a chance to have a conversation with them, I could have saved their lives. It's literally in business, you are one deal away from changing your entire life. I will stress that again. You are one deal away from changing the, your entire life. That one deal that I did in, when I moved into that building, that changed the trajectory of my entire life. Nowadays, wow. when I do these, these other little, you know, one deals, it's changing the trajectory of my life and that of my grandchildren. The decisions I make today are going to be affecting them. That's how powerful a level that we're playing at. And it's just so cool. You, um, you, I mean, that is an amazingly powerful realization. The trajectory of your life changed off of that one deal. We're only one deal away from everything changing. And now the little deals you do, the other smaller, we're saying little, and that's not necessarily contextually meaning little, but you're doing other deals now. And you said it's changing the, the, your grandkids and your grandkids' kids' lives, you're also changing the trajectory of the lives that you invest in because that is where the power lives. We always talk about like capitalism and the ESBI quadrant and what that really means. When you're an investor, you can positively affect change at an infinite level. Correct. Wow. Exactly. Business owners, investors change the world. It's not the governments. The governments there are there to rule the the classes it's yeah. invested in business owners that change the world and that is our ethos in my company because what we do is we believe that businesses change the world therefore we pay all of our people more money than they get in the marketplace because what happens when that happens they are happy people they are loyal people their kids grow up in an amazing environment a stress-free environment i want every child to grow in it, grow up Far out. I just had a realization. I realized that the reason I want that is because I grew up in a shitty environment. Yeah, <laughs> in man. Environment, right? Wow. So I don't, when the kids' minds are free, they become innovators. When they're innovators, they will go and change the world. They will go and build businesses where they hire more people, right? And so the more people, when I, when I meet some people, they're like, Johan, you run six companies. Like, how greedy are you? I'm like, are you serious? Like, do you know how many people, because of me, because I wake up every morning, how many people get fed? You know, it's yeah. not about grief. It's about the fact that, anyway, I, I don't really get along with those people. I can't, can't relate to them. <laughs> no, because you're creating change. And when you start to create more and more companies, you start to create change. And I can remember a day when I can imagine changing somebody's life, but the day and it's, it's even different when you have W-2 employees versus 1099 American terms, you know, contract employees versus your actual day-to-day -day employees because somebody depends on you for their livelihood. And that's a big responsibility. Exactly. Wow. Exactly. Talk exactly. to me a little bit about the younger you. Tell me what you would tell the younger you, the person of 10 to 20 years ago, give yourself some advice that would help you either do something different or stay the same path? The younger being doubted a little bit about the trajectory I was on, but continued to pers persevere anyway. Now I would tell that person 
just continue on that path because you're going to be a freaking billionaire. Wow. And that's, that's all there is to it. <laughs> Let's keep going, little man. Keep going. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and you know, you know, the title of our podcast is Real Life Real Equity. And we're all about reality behind entrepreneurship. We're about the, the grind. And I'm sure you've had moments where you grinded it out. I'm sure you've had moments where you've had problems. But again, problems aren't there to slow us down. They're there to make us better. Talk to us about some of the, the low times you've had in your business where you felt like you were kind of punched in the gut, but you were down, but you weren't out. You had yes. temporary defeat and not failure. Dude, that, that, that happens on a daily basis. It happens today. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I mean, I'm, I want to say that. I want you, I'm, I'm, I'm slowing you down just a little bit because you said it happens on a daily basis. That is not said by enough nope. successful people. Nobody talks about it, man. You could like literally, you know, you're one deal away. You're one deal away from that success or you're one deal away from risking everything. Yeah. And you could lose a lot. You could go down a couple of notches, which would take you another couple of months to build back up. And so it's, it's real life. It's fun. Yeah. It's exhilarating. I get the thrill of the hunt, the adrenaline rush, everything on a daily basis. I'm, you know, anyway, it's, it's fun. And you get used to it and you love it. Now you're talking, I'll give you a turning point in my life. The turning point was when I met my girlfriend, who's now my wife. She would rock up to my house at 12 o'clock in the afternoon and say, hey, you want to go for a picnic? I'm like, baby, it's 12 o'clock. What do you mean you want to go for a picnic? It's a weekday. She's like, yeah, nobody's out in the parks. It's a beautiful day. We're both business owners. Let's go have some fun. I'm like, no, I got to work until 10, 11, 12 at night. And she's like, oh, okay, I'll go have a picnic by myself. I'm like, all right. And then two days later, she comes back. She's like, you want to go for a beautiful drive? You know, you've got a new car. Let's go cruising. I'm like, nah, baby, I got to work. She's like, hmm, interesting. I go, wait, 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 back up. I go, do you, do you have a job? Like, like what, what? You, you say you're a business owner, but all you do is you just, you're having fun all the time. What the hell's going on? How do you make money? And then she's like, mm-hmm. And then she shows me her bank account. I'm like, holy shit, you're doing pretty good. Right. I go, how did you do this? She goes, well, I systemize everything. And she's got all of her employees working. And then I was there, you know, busting my ass until 10, 11 o'clock at night, every night, you know, working, 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 waking up at five in the morning, working, 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 because I somehow in my brain was associated with work is going to make me more money. Through her, now my wife is Japanese. She showed me that you build systems. Now this, I had my online systems, but they still took a lot of time, energy, and effort. When I realized how she builds her business, it changed my life. And then now we can, at any point in time, just go, you know what, let's go away for, the, for a couple of days. Let's go away for the you know, lunch, whatever it is. And it's changed my life by realizing that the more I remove myself out of the business, the more I set up systems and processes, the more I put key people into roles. So I'll give you an example. We just built a brand new business. It's three months old to prove to my audience, my tribe, that our formula, the business authorities formula, we'll get, we'll get back to what business authorities is, but our formula works. In three months, we built a business from scratch to 2 million in the pipeline. Wow. Now, 
and I built it in the digital agency space because, hey, I've had a digital agency for 10 years. As I told you, that thing's plateaued at a million dollars. That's all it does. It's done that for the last five years. It hasn't grown because I don't give it any more energy or effort because my other companies, they make way more money than that. But then I wanted to prove that, hey, if I redid this entire business from scratch with this brain rather than the 10-year-old brain, what could we achieve? And in three months, $2 million. Wow. Like, that's insane. Yes, it is. Three months, $2 million in the pipeline. I want you to go into what that means. We hear a lot about systems and processes. Define what your, your now wife's definition of systems are because you mentioned that you had some of the the background digital systems in place, but your wife had even better systems. It's, it's funny how that works. You know, our wives can level us up, you know, or bring you down, you know, depending on who you with. Yep. Well, actually, I'm going to comment on that who you with part. So you remember I told you the story about the engagement ring. Yep. And after that, I listened to a Robert Kiyosaki, you know, tape. And he was talking about how if you don't have the right partner, you're going to be fighting the world all day, all day, every day. And then you come home. And if she doesn't have the same dreams and the same vision as you, you're going to be fighting again. And if you're just fighting, fighting, fighting all the time, you're going to get worn out. Mm. So you need to be able to come home. You need to be recharged. You need to be passionate. You need to have that person in your corner who's like, hell yeah, baby, you did good today. You're going to do better tomorrow. Let's, let's brainstorm. Let's do some stuff. That girl that I was about to get married to, like, she was a normal person. That's the only way to put it. She wanted a normal house. She wanted a normal car. She wanted to live in a normal suburb. She wanted normal. And, you know, we only have one life. So why settle for normal? That's right. Let's, let's, let's do some great things. When I met my wife, now I had done a Tony Robbins relationship course. And in that, he made me write down a hundred things for my perfect woman. And I meet my wife. And well, I just hit it off with her. I'd been single for four years. And when I found her, I was like, she meets all the freaking criteria. This is amazing. Wow. So we, we start going out. And then I tell her three months later, I'm like, hey, baby, I got to tell you something. I made a list and I got to show you this list. And she goes, oh, okay. And I show her the list. She's like, let me show you something. She had done the same course and she had done her same list. And she shows me her list. Like, I'm like, what? This is incredible. Wow. Now, having that right person in your corner every day, accelerates you to such an expen exponential rate because you have the same mindset, you have the same values, you have the same vision, you have the same mission together. Wow. So, that is, <laughs> that gave me chills. I mean, wow. That is crazy. Let me, uh, so, you know, going into kind of the, the process, the thought process behind, um, you know, again, building systems and finding the right people. We talk a lot about business ownership and, and going from E to S to B to I, a lot of people get stuck on going from S to B and then even more people get stuck on going from right. B to I, but it's a lot easier transition. Robert Kiyosaki calls it going through the eye of the needle. It's a lot easier to go from the S to the, or from the B to the I than it is to go from S to the B. Talk to us about how you found the people to help you systematize your business. I struggled to let go of the S. The reason is I'm an artist at heart and I love building, I love building engines, right? And, yep. and that's, a, that's, that's, that's a figurative term. You know, I'm, a, I'm an artist, I love tweaking, I love adding bits onto my engine to make it turbo powered and make it bigger and better. 
But then at the end of the day, it's an engine. It's yep. the engine. You shouldn't be working on the engine. You should be owning the car. Right. And so the, how did I go to systemizing? Well, after realizing that I am not, I had to put my ego aside. I used to think the business was me. No, this business doesn't run without me. No, this business doesn't run without me. And that's why my baby is like, that's the reason you don't have a business because you can't leave the business. How are we going to go have a nice picnic if you are the business, Mr. Businessman? I'm like, oh, mm -hmm. shit. Okay. So I was like, who can I get to run this business? Now, I talked about my digital agency. As I'm approaching, you know, I'm, gonna, I'm 38, I'm going to be 40 in a couple of years. My energy and my stamina to run a digital agency, because a digital agency, all you're doing is you're building other people's businesses all day long. I wanted to just build my businesses. I don't want to build other people's businesses anymore. But I have amazing people who love to build other people's businesses. So I've got all these young dudes who are 25, 30 years old who love the digital space, who love the websites, the automation, the AdWords, the Facebook, all of those things. And they give our clients such great value that they are the key people that I needed to find in order for the business to succeed. Otherwise, I would, if it was just me, I would be tanking or sabotaging that business. So let me, let me kind of go there because you said if it was just you, you'd be tanking or sabotaging the business. I'm going to be honest with you, 100% honest with you. I cannot stand technology. I mean, it, <laughs> I like it to a certain extent to what it can benefit me, but I hate working on it. If you were to ask me to build a Facebook ad, you, you could just as well ask me to crawl naked <laughs> in class. That's just, ugh, it doesn't sound fun at all. So yeah. you, you like closing deals, don't you? I do. I like closing deals. <laughs> I like, and I'm very similar to you. I like building the engine to go. I sabotage once the engine's built. I understand. Yeah. And so by realizing that that's the sort of, you know, that's what I would do. I mean, who would love to do what I'm doing right now? Oh, this person. They've, they've worked their entire life. They study all day, every night to learn how to run those amazing Facebook ads, how to optimize it so that they can generate the leads. I need this person in my company. Dude, what do I need to do to get you in my company? And I'm going to pay you more than other people. And what happens when you do that? You get the A players. You pay peanuts, you get monkeys. You, you pay well, you get amazing results. That, that person, that extra investment, so we generally pay 20% extra, yeah? And so that 20% extra buys us loyalty, goodwill. You know, they're all having such a great time, such a good culture. And they, they sit there and they know that they're getting paid more, so they have to deliver more subconsciously. So mm -hmm. our clients are all raving fans because of that. Wow. And you, you hit it on the head. Pay, you said pay peanuts, you get monkeys. And you, if you pay well, you get real people that really execute on some stuff. So... Let's go through as kind of a, a last thing, and then we'll get into the business authorities uh, community. Talk to me a little bit about, oh, and your charitable charitable giving. Exactly. I thought that was really cool the first time we met. I want you to go into that a little bit too. But uh, talk to me a little bit about the business structure that you have to create in order for you to only work four hours a week. And what I mean is, you know, having a sales team, a marketing team, a tech team? I mean, like who are the key players in your business? If I wanted to build this thing from scratch, from nothing, who would I need to hire to make sure that I wouldn't have to be the guy building Facebook ads and pounding the pavement as well? Hell yeah. This is, this is what I love. So 15 years of hard work, blood, sweat, and tears, 10 steps 
to build a multi-million or even a billion dollar company. You ready? Yes. Let's do this. So step number one, your life. You need to visualize and create your perfect life. When you create this perfect life, like I'm talking dream as big as you want, because in this day, in this universe, whatever you dream, you will achieve if you put, if you don't give up. Right. Right. So visualize that, you know, you want to buy that $10 million house. Hell yeah. Don't worry about the how just visualize that that's what you want. And I'll show you how to get there shortly. Once you know what that ideal life is and you're designing that life with your partner, right? Then you build a business to sustain that life. Too many business owners build a business and work on that business and all they're doing is working on that engine that we were talking about. But instead, they, dude, you got into business or you became an investor to, to have the most amazing life there is. Except you're working your ass off all day, every day, 40 hours, 60 hours, 80 hours a week. That's not the life that you wanted. You wanted a life of stress-free abundance and an amazing life with all the toys that you want. And it's not just about toys, by the way. There's an evolution that goes through where once you have enough money, you're like, man, I just want to give back to the world. I'm here for a reason. I'm going to create some impact. Let's go. So now this leads into the last bit of our formula. But step number one, your ideal life. Step number two, that business. Who do you service? How do you service them? What are the products that you have? You know, who are your ideal clients? Now, when I talk about ideal clients, if you look at your database, you know, for this is for the business, business owners, not the investors. The business owners have a database of people that they serve. If you look at those people, 80, Prado's rule, 80% of the, your income comes from 20% of those clients. Those are your ideal clients. Only work with those types of clients. Every year, we cull 80% of our database. Can you imagine telling a business owner to get rid of 80% of their database hmm. and only working with 20%? Damn, that's crazy, that's right? But what happens, if, if, let's, let's, I put it as this analogy. If you've ever had a girlfriend or boyfriend or you know, whatever it is, and you've broken up with them, and you've gone, oh my God, I'm never going to find another person. But two weeks later, you found somebody else, right? And they're better, <laughs> <laughs> they're better than that person. It's the same thing that happens with your clients. You call those that are draining your time, draining your energy, and you only work with your ideal clients. That's step number two, ideal clients. Step number three, you build your brand around attracting that ideal client. So the brand has to repel those people who you don't want to serve. Like my, the business authority's brand is a premium brand. So, and all of our events and everything, people know that because of the branding, that they are just going to meet the most amazing people at our events. And that's why people come because they want to meet the next level of people. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So the branding is represented. It attracts the right people. Now with our software company, our brand is green because we deal with cities. We build, we build technology for buildings and for estates. So it had to be green. And our tagline is creating smart cities, one building at a time. So everybody wanted to be part of the smart city revolution. And they want it to be that one building at a time. They want it to be connected into the ecosystem of that building. Yeah. Just our brand would open up doors for us before we even went into the, into the meeting. So the brand is really key. Then we create step number four, your online presence. No, not online presence, your presence, which is online and offline. Your message, that story. And by the way, when I say your message, it's never, ever, ever about you. It's always about your ideal client. How can you help them get what they want? How can you help them make a better ROI? How can you help them? You are just simply the guide. They are the hero of the story. You are just the vehicle. 
your services, your products, adjust the vehicle to get them from sad to happy. Whether wow. you're an investor, whatever it is, that is the key. All your messaging on your websites and everything else should change to why they are the hero and how you are their guide and how you're going to be helping them achieve the dreams that they want. Nobody, nobody cares about you. That's right. That's right. <laughs> they only care about themselves, right? Yeah. And so it's, it's one of the greatest th freedoms that you'll ever have. Nobody cares because they're so busy thinking about them and themselves. And so in life, all you do is you help other people get to where they want to go and you will get what you want in return. So that's step number four. Step number five, leverage technology. This is your favorite part. <laughs> <laughs> that's and right. when, I, when, when I say leverage technology, I'm talking about, man, your best salespeople. Take, you've got this thing in your pocket, which has existed since 2007, a phone. Yep. Your best salesperson, get them to do a video. Because the top salesperson, I go into companies, they're like, yeah, this is our top salesperson. He made $100,000 this month. This is our bottom salesperson. He made five. I'm like, well, why is there a discrepancy? They're like, well, that's how the top performer works. You know, that's how much he generates. But what happens if you video that person and you start getting them to train all the others? Everybody else levels up. Your company profits go through the roof. A simple, a sim something as simple as a video, right? That video, you can get that video from your top salesperson out into the universe, into the highballs of your ideal clients. Now, if they're watching your top salesperson, how many times can you reuse that video? Oh, infinite. <laughs> exactly. So once you have that video, once you have that collateral created, this is you leveraging technology. Those people, those ideal clients are watching this video going, I need that because they already know that that's the solution that they need, right? From your top guy. Now you, you scale up your, your sale, your inquiries, everything's coming through. Step number six, compound your sales. We're going to show you, you know, we talk about how to make more sales faster at better prices. Your upsells, downsells, cross-sells. Too many people, they get scared when they make that first sale. They don't want to do the upsell. People want upsells. It's your duty to, to provide them more value. Hey, you can get this base level product, but guess what? If you want more one-on-one -on -one coaching, you want more time, you want me to personally go out there and help you find the right deals, it's going to cost you this much, but it's actually going to save you this much. Mm -hmm. It's going to help you get there quicker because me working with you personally on your investments or your business for the next month is going to accelerate your growth by one year. Mm -hmm. What's the price of that? So upsells, downsells, cross-sells. At this stage, by the time you get to this stage of the formula, you're no longer working in the business anymore. It's all systemized. The next step is to procedurize the entire business so that you can go national and go global. So this is the scaling stage. So now you've got to do policies, procedures, systemization, documented, so that you can open up different branches in different states and the people have the exact same experience. Step number, what are we up to? Eight? Step eight. number eight. Yeah. Yeah. Eight is amplify your tribe. You have people who already have access to your database, people who already are dealing with your ideal clients. So what you do? You joint venture with them, you partner with them, you do some public relations. You, you're no longer working in the business, you're working on the business. This is where I come into my element. This is where I suspect you come into your element, which is just going out there, meeting amazing people, talking to them, closing more deals, and having so much fun. This is the best part of the journey, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> After this, the next stage, step number nine, is dominating your industry. How do you become the dominant player in your industry? And there's a myriad of players, a myriad of strategies to achieve that. 
Step number 10, building your empire. Now, in this stage, this is where the contribution back to, and back to society comes into play. Building your empire is different for every person. So in one of my businesses, what we do is in the building your empire phase, we go and we buy other businesses that already have access to our ideal clients so that we can upsell, downsell, cross-sell. We're literally throwing that, that fuel, you know, the, data, the database is just fuel, into the engine, which then produces the results for us that we want. Wow. Building, building that empire also then goes to contribution. What are you going to do with all that money? You can't take your money anywhere. So you might as well use it to do good, to change communities, to change lives. Because you have a privilege, you have a duty. If you live in a first world country, it's your job to make sure that you can provide for the rest of the world. Because as I said at the start, we change the world, governments do not. That's right. I agree. I agree. So we got the 10 steps. If you want to, we're going to put these 10 steps in the newsletter for sure. Realliferequity.com forward slash newsletter. Get on the newsletter. Get it now. We're going to put these 10 steps in the newsletter. I wanted to highlight real quick Maslow's hierarchy of needs. You talked about that without necessarily saying it because we go through steps where we meet our base level needs and then it goes. And at the top level, we're at self-actualization. So when you are first getting into business, we're always trying to just make ends meet. And, you know, some people, it happens relatively quick. Some people, it happens really, really slow. And some people never get out of it. But once you get to the step 10, where you're building your empire, it's a self-actualization to that. So talk about, um, but one, business, business authorities, community, and then two, your give back inside of your empire. Because when you talked about that, I went and did some research. That was one of the things that Tony Robbins is a part of and some of the other big billionaire brands in the world are a part of just that level of giving back. And I'm not going to steal your thunder. So go ahead and tell us a little bit about that. So as I said, those, those friends of mine who did, you know, who committed suicide, that led on to the business authorities being created. Business authorities was created so that real people, real authorities, people who are at the front line, who do what they do all day, every day. I brought them on stage. I created a platform for them to shine, not people who are NLP trained and trained to stand in front of a stage and extract money from an audience because that's a different business model. This business model was built on, hey, how can we help these people improve? Even if they get one aha moment from that one hour presentation, it's going to change their lives and change the lives of their business. Um, so Business Authorities is a community of business owners all helping each other to build, grow, and scale their companies. They use the Business Authorities formula as the backbone of their success. And so that's what the Business Authorities formula is. Now, through the Business Authorities community, by the way, Business Authorities has existed for one year now. In 2019, January on the 22nd, we had our first event, our launch event. And now in one year, we have impacted the lives of 1,080,000 people. Wow. So wow. when I talk about impacts, that means one impact means somebody got food, somebody got shelter, somebody got education, somebody got clothing, somebody got you know, microfinance, whatever it is. That's one impact. Now, in one year, to have made a million and 80,000 impacts, a million and 80,000 lives changed just because we do what we do. That's powerful. It's incredible. Yeah, that's powerful, man. Wow. And I say that not to impress, but to share that 
any one of you, anyone who's listening, you can do this. Yeah. Please trust me. Have belief in yourself. If if we can do it. By the way, business authorities is a side hustle. Or it was, right? right? It's something that we're building on the side while we have all of our other businesses. Business authorities now is our primary business. 2020 is where we accelerated. Business authorities is uh, foundations were built last year. Now we're going into our growth phase. Right. And so community is going to, we already have omnipresence in Melbourne, in Australia. And now we're going to, 2021, we're going to go to the US, et cetera. But anyway, we'll talk about that later. My point is, you, all you have to do is have that dream, have that vision, and you can achieve it. Now, through business authorities, we get to meet amazing people. That's why you and I are connected here. Yep. You know, we're connected. After this phone call, we're going to have a, a <laughs> you now you know me a bit more, we're going to have another call and you'll be like, bro, let's do some shit together. You get to meet the most amazing people. So again, go back to that step number one, dream up that ideal life. I, my ideal life is just meeting amazing people and helping other people. That's it. And whatever else that happens in between, that's just the vehicle. Man, I, gotta, I have to share with you that story because you said visualize and create, identify, write down your ideal lifestyle. And, and it gives me chills to say this because there's not too many people that I've shared this story with. Keisha um, and I probably six or seven years ago had this discussion and I read Unlimited Power by Tony Robbins. And this is one of the things he recommends. And I know you're a Tony Robbins guy. I'm a huge fan of Tony Robbins. <laughs> And when I read that book, Unlimited Power, it's a, it's a workbook. It really is. And um, as I started to read through that book, one of the things he says is go write down your ideal lifestyle. And I can remember just as clear as day going to the library and writing down what my ideal lifestyle could be, should be, would be. And I knew what I wanted as far as like materialistic. I, didn't, I still didn't know what I wanted uh, that would make me happy. You know, I tested and tried a whole bunch of stuff and it's still, still trying to figure that out. But um, back then I was being able to help other people, pay other people more. We have the same philosophy. It's very important. And I commend you on your work you're doing. Now, business authorities community, is that an open group or is anybody can get to that or how does that work? Yeah. So just, just go to Facebook, go to the search bar, type in business authorities community. You'll You'll see the group, just join up. And there's a couple of questions for you. Just answer those so that we can send you some more information. And that's pretty much it, man. Join the community, interact. There's no problem that you have that hasn't been solved already. So just utilize the community, ask them questions. They'll give you all the answers. It's all there. And I, that's, when, I, when I open up my Facebook, that's all I see. So I'm always in there just helping out people. Yeah. So if you that's want access to it, awesome. that's <laughs> All right, y'all. Well, uh, we have been at it. With, I mean, Johan has dropped some nuggets. I mean, nuggets after nugget after nugget. And we usually do like three things that our audience can take away. I mean, you gave us 10. So I don't know. If, uh, again, Business Authorities Community on Facebook, if you want to get a hold of them, um, you'll get all of the information in the newsletter, realliferalequity.com forward slash newsletter. Johan, do you have any way that they can get a hold of you, any reports, anything like that that you want them to have access to? Yeah, for sure. Um, I'm writing the book right now. And so the book is coming out. So go to businessauthorities.com forward slash new book, N-E-W-B-O-O-K. And they can sign up and they'll get access to my new book. Absolutely amazing. Businessauthorities.com forward slash new book. Go there, 
check it out now. Get on the list because I, I am, and it's going to be phenomenal. So, man, I appreciate your time. Uh, and like you said, we're going to get off this call and we're going to do some stuff together. So I, I'm excited. <laughs> I mean, it's again, it's, it's one of those things, man. I, uh, I can't wait to come down to Melbourne. I've been to Sydney and I've been to Brisbane, but like you said, Melbourne's better. So I'm, a, I'm a <laughs> looking forward to seeing you here, my friend. Thank you for listening to Real Life Real Equity Podcast. If you would like to ask the hosts a question or be exposed to our podcast audience, visit our website at realliferealequity.com and submit a request. Again, that's realliferealequity.com or send us an email at info at realliferealequity.com. Again, that's info at realliferealequity.com. Thanks for listening. And we'll see you next week right here on Real Life Real Equity Podcast.